Blog Talk Radio. From Washington, D.C., this is Caroline. Each week, we bring you the best conversations, news, interviews, and politics here on Caroline. To hear the show live, check us out each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern or listen on the go by downloading this podcast from iTunes. Welcome to Kara Live. This is Kara. Today is Wednesday, August 6th. 2008, and I am gearing up, I'm hyped, I'm ready for the DNC convention, but before we get into all that, today's topic, I felt the email blog today, so today's topic is who's playing the race card, Obama or McCain, and feel free to check out the blog, uh, go to uh, finally, finally, did I say finally? updated the website, carolive.com. So go to carolive.com and click on blog and you'll be right at the blog. Actually, it's a feed from um, carolive.blogspot.com. But if you go to carolive, you can go directly to the blog. Um, anyway, want to get into the topic. A lot of, again, a lot of stuff has been happening. Uh, if you want to join in this particular conversation, feel free to give me a call. I'm at 347-945-7415. Again, the call-in number is 347-945-7415. Or join in the chat room, which is open tonight. Uh, If you post any comments or questions, I'll try to read them all for acknowledge that you're here. Uh, But again, call number is 347-945-7415. 7415. Let's get into tonight's topic. Who's playing the race card? Obama or McCain? Two weeks ago, Obama was in Europe, capturing the media's attention. McCain did all he could do to get some publicity. Obama returned to the state on Sunday, July 27, 2008. The next day, the following day, the McCain camp re- released a vulnerable ad, the ad which shows Obama shooting a basketball. And let me play a copy uh, clip from the ad, and you're going to taste of what I'm talking about. Barack Obama never held a single Senate hearing on Afghanistan. He hadn't been to Iraq in years. He voted against funding our troops. And now, he made time to go to the gym, but canceled a visit with wounded troops. Seems the Pentagon wouldn't allow him to bring cameras. John McCain is always there for our troops. McCain, country first. I'm John McCain. I approve this message. Naughty, naughty, naughty John McCain. You approve this message. Okay, this is what's wrong with this message. 
Now, as you know, the guy that's narrating uh, this particular ad, he says, quote, and now he see, now he made time to go to the gym, but canceled a visit with wounded troops. It seems the Pentagon would allow him to bring cameras, speaking of Obama. The first thing that's wrong with this ad is that the clip was taken when Obama was at a gym during his visit with troops in the Middle East, not Germany. As a matter of fact, if you look, the blurred people in the background of the clip are troops that are watching him. Secondly, the visit with troops in Germany was canceled because the Pentagon and White House informed the Obama campaign just a day prior that he could not be able to visit without the uh, House delegation, which was Chuck Hagel, who's a Republican from Nebraska, and Jack Reed, a Democrat from Rhode Island. As you recall, they were with him, uh, escorted uh, him to the Middle East, but when he arrived in Germany, they were not a part of his entourage. So the White House and the Pentagon indicated that as long as they were with him, it would be a part of the uh, uh, delegation um, visit. But without them, it would be more like a campaign visit. And the reason is that that's a problem, it would have been in violation of campaign rules as it relates to funding of the trip. And viewed as a campaign trip funded with taxpayers' money. So in order for Obama to be compl compliant, he, had, he did not visit the troops, which in turn gave McCain the opportunity to seize upon the cancellation. When... When the uh, McCain realized that this particular ad or this particular ad campaign was not working, that following Wednesday or last Wednesday, he released the celeb ad.
support what is worthy of the American people? Even the media has pointed out that Senator John McCain, who started off talking about running an honorable campaign, has fallen back into the predictable political attacks, the demonstrably false statements. You know, but here's, here's the problem. And I'm not interested in getting into a tip for tip. These negative ads, these negative attacks, spending all this time talking about me instead of talking about what he's going to do, that's not going to lower your gas prices. That's not going to help you stay in your home if you're falling behind on the mortgage. That's not going to help you find a job if it's been shipped overseas. It doesn't do a single thing to help the American people. It's politics as a game. But the time for game playing is over. That's why I'm running for sure if you could catch uh, any of that. Again, I think the uh, audio was a little distorted, but basically Obama was saying is to McCain is that the best that you could come up with? And this is in regards to uh, the Paris Hilton and Britney Spears uh, celeb uh, ads. Uh, I recently saw uh, an Obama supporter, and I can't remember which uh, network it was, MSNBC or CNN, but he was noting that the ad had a subliminal message to white Southerners who would have an issue with um, the ad pinning Obama with two white women. Um, I think the reason for uh, his, this guy's particular analyst is because of the negative ad that ran in 2006 during the Senate race with Harold Ford of Tennessee. And uh, the uh, Harold Ford ad had implications uh, I'll let you listen to it and then I explain what uh, what I'm talking about. Harold Ford looks nice. Is that enough? Harold needs their privacy. When I die, Harold Ford will let me pay taxes again. Ford's right. I do have too many guns. I met Harold at the Playboy party. I'd love to pay higher marriage taxes. Canada can take care of North Korea. They're not busy. So we took money from corn baby producers. I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> Uh, you know that there's a young lady in the um, in the ad. She says, uh, "I I met uh, Harold Ford at the uh, Playboy Bunny Mansion, or something like that." And at the end of the ad, which you don't hear, but she's at the end. She says she does the motion with the fingers, like uh, when you're trying to get someone to call you. She says, "Harold Ford, call me." So, you know, in Tennessee, what that implication is, and um, uh, it was basically the the, uh, uh, the deal killer for Harold Ford in Tennessee because of this ad, because it um, implied that he dates or with white women, although later, as of this year, he did marry a, uh, a white woman, but again, uh, doesn't account for why or the way this ad was particularly ran and in the state of Tennessee. In the state of Tennessee being a very southern mentality type state. Anyway, um, the irony of the celeb ad is that Paris Hilton's parents, Rick and Kathy Hilton, are contributors 
to the McCain campaign. Is that not a joke? Is that not funny? And when this particular ad was released, Kathy Hilton was offended. I uh, posted a link to the uh, article regarding that. But she said, this being Kathy Hilton, she said, it is a complete waste of the country's time and attention at a very moment when millions of people are losing their homes and their jobs. And it is a completely frivolous way to choose the next president of the United States. And this is a woman who contributed to the person who's making this frivolous way to the White House, or at least attempting to. So there's so much irony in that. And in addition to that, Paris, Paris Hilton has now released her own response to McCain in a, quote, presidential-like act where she implies McCain is old. Let's hear it from Paris. Let me 
actually trying to hit you guys up with a segment of the one. Should we know that in 2008 the world will be blessed? They will call him the one. A nation heals. A world repairs. We are the ones we've been waiting for. And he has anointed himself, ready to carry the burden of the world. I have become a symbol of America, returning to our best traditions. He can do no wrong. The Can you see the light? A light will shine down from somewhere. It will have a light upon you. You will experience an epiphany. And you will say to yourself, I have to vote for Barack. And one shall receive his blessings. featuring Charleston Heston from um, the movie, I uh, can't remember the name of the movie, where he plays Moses, and he's parting the Red Sea. And uh, he throws his hands up, and it shows uh, Obama in the same type of stance. Well, David Gergen was commenting on this particular ad on Sunday on George Stephanopoulos. And... Um, Again, it is like why everybody on the um, in the round table was trying to be politically correct. David Gergen happened to be very candid. And um, with that said, let me just play his comments, and then um, I, I will comment on what he says. Actually, let me tell you what he said first. The the, the actually the gist of it. Um, what David um, Gergen was quoted as saying, he says, as a native of the South, I can tell you when you see the Charleston Heston, the one, that's code for he's uppity. He ought to stay in his place. Everybody gets it who's from the Southern background. We all understand it. David Gergen. No, that's not good. The media has been very vigilant on the attacks against Obama that are race-based, whether it was uh, questions of things that Clinton and Clinton supporters said or the scurrilous ads coming out of uh, various state Republican parties. The media has been vigilant. vigilant. But that, by the same token, we're allowed to say, hey, wait a second, you're lumping in McCain making racial ads when he uh, attacks when he hasn't done it. Look, I, I, I think that Donna's got a point here. Everybody knows he's black, but there has been a very intentional effort to paint him as somebody outside the mainstream other. He's not the one of us. He's below the radar screen. I think McCain campaign has been has been scrupulous about not directly saying it, but it's the subtext of this campaign. Everybody knows it. And when they said there are certain kind of signals, as a, as a, as a native of the South, I can tell you, when you see the, the Charlton Heston ad, the one, that, that's code for he's uppity. 
he ought to stay in his place. You know, we everybody gets that who's from uh, you know a southern background. We all understand that. When McCain comes out and starts talking about affirmative action, I'm against quotas. We get what that's about. We understand where that's about. He was asked. I understand that, but I'm just telling you that gets across. And so it's not unfair for him to sort of bring up the fact. Hey, everybody knows I'm black. Let me talk about George. That may be his only strategy. Basically, what Gergen is saying is that although McCain is not overt, the code remains the same for the white viewer who, especially with those of the Southern background. Uh, he said McCain, McCain realizes that there are voters who are still straddling the fence between two candidates, the one who is viewed as another Bush administration and the other is black. Although Obama had a successful trip to Europe, he did not get a substantial jump in the polls. The reason for this is race. Voters want change. They want the war to end and a better economy, but are afraid to be led by someone who is different than any president of the past. That is scary for many and described as risky by Republican pundits. To be honest, I'm disappointed in McCain. In 2000, McCain was my favorite Republican. As a matter of fact, I was hoping that he would beat Bush in the Republican primary that year. I was rooting for a Gore versus McCain runoff. McCain was very moderate, but in this election, he's taking plays from the Carl Rove game book. He will do anything to appease the conservative base who do not necessarily like him either. That is why he is practicing the same old politics. For the past few months, Obama has used the same phrase, so what they're going to tell you, try to tell you, is to make you scared of me. He's not patriotic enough. He's not a funny name. He has a funny name. He doesn't look like those other presidents on the dollar bill. What they're going to try to do is make you scared of me. You know, he's, oh, he's not patriotic enough. He's got a funny name. Obama has been making these statements as a matter of fact. As we all know, he doesn't look like anyone who has held office in the past, and he doesn't have a mainstream name. Does that mean this is racial? McCain's camp had decided to do a preemptive strike and flip the script by saying that based on this comment, Obama is playing the race card. It appears that when every other strategy fails, the race card always works. What McCain, the media, and the Clintons forgot is that although Obama identifies as black, he still remains half-white. Which card is, McC is McCain implying is being played? 
the black card or the white card. With that said, how does anyone or how does someone who is biracial, who's equally mixed, play the race card? All right. Somebody needs to help me understand. That's my questions for tonight. I'm at 347-945-7415. Again, the call-in number is 347-945-7415. And, you know, this is actually very disturbing. Um, you know, as I, I flip through, which, which was my blog comments for today, uh, going back to uh, Gergen, Gergen was right on point. And I was, you know, as I watched that particular um, segment, and, and, you know, funny thing is normally I don't get a chance to catch um, ABCs this week. But when I caught that particular clip, uh, or actually I actually caught that uh, segment of the show, The Roundtable, I was just really surprised at uh, – how, again, how politically correct everyone was trying to be, even though Donna Brazile is usually somewhat candid, she was not as candid as David Gergen. And, uh, you know, and I've said it before, I've said it in other blogs, there are codes, and even though uh, his ads are not overt, uh, David Gergen was actually basically just breaking the codes. And, you know, I am from the South also, and uh, I, I picked up on that. But it was just interesting to see because, you know, I watch a lot of the pundits. I do, I watch CNN and MSNBC, somewhat of a news junkie. But it was just finally interesting to see someone be as candid about that. Now, uh, moving to the magician news, uh, yesterday on Good Morning America, uh, Bill Clinton did an interview um, a one-on-one regarding uh, his comments and, and his thoughts regarding the um, the primary, and basically taunting that uh, he's not a racist. So um, I think I have a segment from that. Let me play Bill for you. When your wife, the senator, finally gave that speech on that Saturday in June, I was there, watched you a little bit, saw your face. I don't look like you've been crying. I hadn't been crying. I just was very proud of her. She has always been a great public servant, but she became a great political leader in this campaign. There is a big difference between being a great public servant and a great political leader. I thought she was magnificent that day. I was really proud of her. I still am. In about eight weeks, your friends tell us that you're angry. I'm not. And I never was mad at Senator Obama. I think everybody's got a right to run for president to qualify under the Constitution. And I would be the last person to ever begrudge anybody their ambition. And he it was a superbly gifted candidate in this election and had a great operation. They thought this thing through. And it's a contact sport. And, you know, he hit her hard a couple of times. They hit us a few times. And weeks before she ever responded in kind. The only thing I ever got mad about was people uh, 
in your line of work pretending to see it somehow started the negative stuff. It's not tax work. I'm used to taking the incoming fire. I've taken it for 16 years. But when you get into this arena, you can't expect to have a hands-off attitude about your record. Well, I oppose that bill, and you know I It was an amazing election. We never had one quite like it. Never had one that close. Never had one that was... You know, they kind of shook out the way it did. It was a fast, for, you know, people be studying that thing for years yeah. and years Well, and people years. are already studying it, and a lot of people, including your supporters, your donors, say that they blame you, at least in part, for her loss. I know you've heard this. No. Do you blame I've yourself it, I've, I've at heard, all? I've heard it from the press, and I will not comment on this because it interferes with the issue, which is who should be elected in November. I made hundreds and hundreds of speeches, Kate. I've bragged on Senator Obama hundreds of times. Now, I will be glad as soon as this election is over in January to have this conversation with you and everybody else. I have very strong feelings about it. But I, I live don't out here, I live out here it's bad for in him the fact-based world. Well, first of all, you, you say... I don't like this kind of modern reporting that says, so-and-so anonymous says this, you know, they all say this. Jim Clyburn, not anonymous. New York Times came not out. Not my supporter. Jim Clyburn. Well, a friend of yours, longtime friend. Used to be. He is not my, he was not Hillary's supporter. Never. Not ever, not for a day. You said you lost a lot of African-American support. No. The people who were... What, he said you severely damaged your standing with African Americans. Yeah, that may be. By the time he got through working on it, that was probably true. But that's not the same thing. You said I hurt her. I said so. Their supporters are saying. No, you said my supporters, and then you cited Jim Clyburn. I take your point. You did. But there are right. supporters of yours. All right, here's what you who are saying. I don't want to talk about. Okay. Go get yourself a map. Look where I went. And look what the vote was. Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky, Western North Carolina. Yes, rural places. No, not just rural places. Cities, Indiana, go check. So I got bad press. Why? Because I told the truth that there was a different standard applied to the finest candidate I ever supported. Pretty simple question. And maybe you don't want to answer it right now, and I, I respect that fully, but if you want to answer it, do you personally have any regrets? about what you did campaigning for your wife. Yes, but not the ones you said. And it would be counterproductive for me to talk about. There are things that I wish I'd heard her to do, things I wish I had said, things I wish I hadn't said. But I am not a racist. I never made a racist comment, and I didn't attack him personally. Clinton insists the hard-fought primary season made Barack Obama a stronger candidate. Is he ready to be president? You could argue that no one's ever ready to be president. I mean, I certainly learned a lot about the job in the first year. You could, you could argue that now, even if you've been vice president for eight years, that no one can ever be fully ready for the pressures of the office and that everyone learns something and something different. You could argue that. He's shown a keen strategic sense in his ability to run an effective campaign. He clearly can inspire and motivate people and energize them which is a very important part of being president. And he's smart as a whip, so there's nothing he can't learn. He won't comment on whether he thinks his wife ought to be Obama's running mate. It's up to him. It's none of my business. This is my life now.
His life now is his foundation. All weekend long, he and Chelsea visited projects, from the mud huts that community health care workers visit to fields planted with new crops. He in hiking boots and khakis, she in crop jackets and designer heels. Believe it or not, Bill Clinton said he was never looking forward to the idea of living in the White House again. I, I, I love, look, I was honored to live there, and I was honored to do the job, and I loved every day of it. But I like what I'm doing now. And that's why I really admire how Hillary's handled this. You know, she went right back to work. You have to live in the moment. Time is passing. You can't make yesterday again. You have to live in the moment and go forward. And at least for people like us, what you do and whether people are better off and when you quit than when you started is a lot more important than whether you navigate the prevailing storyline. President, thank you so thank much. You. Thanks for having us on. Just me. Clinton said that he was not angry, but did he sound like an angry man? I heard some angry moments in that interview. You cannot tell me he's not angry, especially when he was talking about uh, uh, Bill Clyburn. I mean Jim Clyburn, and the um, part where he was indicating uh, where she won, where he campaigned at, and in comparison to where she uh, won. Um, there's a couple of uh, snippets in there that I, I want to uh, point out. He, uh, he mentioned um, Jim Clyburn, Jim Clyburn being a uh, congressman out of uh, South Carolina, African-American man, um, that uh, he never supported Hillary, and that uh, when he said something about his friend, uh, to be your friend, he said he was never my, and he paused because he was getting ready to say he's never my friend. But he said then he, he changed. He never supported Hillary Clinton. Okay, here's the deal on Jim Clyburn. If you go back, and I'm sure there's some clips somewhere. I don't have one, but if you go back to uh, when during the South Carolina primary, or, or during the whole, actually the whole. Um, whole uh, Democratic primary altogether. Jim Clyburn was one of the few congressmen that never committed. He never made a commitment to either Clinton or Obama. He just said, you know, wh whichever one won, he would be behind them, whatever. He never committed. He said as the majority would think it was his place to make a commitment to either one. Uh, now, when he did make a strong statement, because during the whole South Carolina primary, he never really made any strong statements until Bill made statements. And once Bill came out, when he made the Jesse, Jesse Jackson statement, the fairy tale statement, uh, when Bob Johnson was in South Carolina, speaking on behalf of the Clintons and where the Clintons are present, that at that point in time, Jim Clyburn became disturbed at how the campaign or their particular campaign was being run. Even though he came out strong, he still at that point in time did not endorse either Clinton, Hillary Clinton, or Barack Obama, neither one. And um, 
didn't come out until after the Democratic um, primary was over and, and congratulated Barack Obama. Again, he was on a dispute, but, you know, who knows what went on behind. I think uh, Bill Clinton was upset because Jim Clyburn didn't come out in South Carolina and say that he was a Hillary Clinton supporter. I don't think it would have made any difference whether he would have in South Carolina or not, even though uh, his uh, word carries a lot of weight in the state of South Carolina. Again, I don't think it would have made much difference because after the comments that Bill Clinton made himself, as far as the African-American community was concerned, he just distanced himself from uh, the black community and just further distanced himself the more comments that he made. So whether Jim Clyburn were to say anything or not, Bill, get over it. Because, uh, you know, I to me, he still remains your friend. He, was, uh, he wasn't a fault. He was definitely a, a friend because he didn't say anything that was uh, terribly against because he wanted to, to continue to see the Democratic Party remain intact and not divided after this particular primary was over. So, you know, this very dis disparaging remark, again, by Bill Clinton. But, he, you know, he is angry. He, he wants to say that he's not angry, but I think um, – uh, you know, like he said in that particular interview, that this is the closest that they ever been. Uh, basically, they've never lost. That Obama ran a uh, a great campaign. Uh, that he's smart as a whip, was the quote. So, uh, and they had thought this out was the other quote. And he's right; they had thought it out, and they had figured out uh, prior to hour, which is amazing to me because. The people that are that are in his campaign are brilliant. They had already strategized and worked and figured out what the numbers and what numbers they needed for each state. And they had already strategized and realized that they had to win Iowa first in order to make a president. And it did exactly that. They went an Iowa full force and um, which set a president and basically helped them win the entire thing. But, again, they had a strategy going all the way up to Super Tuesday. Unlike the Clintons, who had no strategy, their strategy was Super Tuesday. And they had already felt that once they got to Super Tuesday, the, the primary would be over. Did plan on working to get to Super Tuesday. Had planned on Obama uh, actually strategizing the way he did, but you know, once they figured out the numbers for Super Tuesday and exactly what state, what district, exactly where they campaigned, exactly where they needed particular numbers, I mean, they had it down to, you know, down to the nth degree. And with that said, that strategy work and Bill Clinton, I would say basically acknowledged that by saying that, you know, they uh, actually had a plan and, and the plan worked. And, He's right on that note. But, again, it can't tell me that he's not angry. Now, the um, the other piece of this is, uh, oh, one other thing that he said uh, that needs to be noted in that particular interview. He said um, uh, the bad, bad press, how do you put it, bad press calls, oh, I can't. 
bad press. Uh, he got bad press because he told the truth. I think that's how it went, or or, or something to that effect. <laughs> okay, Bill, that's that's kind of funny. Uh, it all depends on what you call the truth. Now I won't say that he lied because he didn't really lie, <laughs> but his again his comments were disparaging. When you go back to um, uh, the fairy tale, Obama's uh, Obama's campaign is a fairy tale. He called it a fairy tale because he never expected them to win. And at that point in time, they were encouraged that, you know, the, the first two or three, because by that time it was three primaries that just happened, Iowa, New Hampshire, and they were against South Carolina. Never would he have dreamed or imagined that Obama would win after South Carolina. That's the funny part, or that he would win any additional states after South Carolina. That's why he called it a fairy tale, and, and and that's the abusing part. So I guess in his eyes, it's not a lie, because it's not a lie. That's, that was his opinion, and that's how he felt. The uh, other comment, Jesse Jackson runs ran, um, won South Carolina, too. Okay, again, Bill, you're right. Jesse Jackson won South Carolina, too. The problem with the comment was the implication. <laughs> Again, he he doesn't get it. Uh, so he's saying he got bad press because he told the truth. Uh, he got bad press because his comments had an angle to it. Not so much that it was the truth. It was the angle that he was trying to take, the implication that was behind uh, his comments. So, um, eh, okay, I, I gave you that one, Bill. Now, going to Hillary. Let's let's let well let's talk about this for a second. You know, I've said in past shows, going back to March and April, that uh, Hillary is going to take this to the convention. Going to take this to the convention floor. Uh, I even said it after the uh, DNC meeting that they had regarding Florida and Michigan uh, here in DC back in um, June. Okay. Now, and I've also said in prior shows, don't forget, I indicated that the Clintons. Do not want Obama to win. Now, Clinton, Hillary has come out and said she's endorsing Obama. She had to do that. Um, and that um, uh, she, would, she would back Obama and bring the party together. But just this past weekend, there was a fundraiser for Hillary. Um, actually, it was it wasn't It was last Thursday. Um, and, you know, Cell phones and cell phone audio and cell phone video is something else because this was Hillary's comments as of uh, last Thursday, which was what July uh, July 31st. So here's what Hillary had to say. 
question every day. And it is, uh, you know, it, it is uh, a question that uh, uh, I think is a, is a, is a very uh, uh, obvious one to ask. I mean, what will happen at the convention in uh, respect to, you know, my putting my name in nomination, a roll call vote, and the usual kind of uh, process that occurs at conventions? Well, you know, we're, we're, trying, to, we're trying to work that out uh, with the Obama campaign and with the DNC. I happen to believe that we will come out stronger if people feel that their voices were heard. from just what I'm hearing that uh, there's just uh, this incredible pent-up uh, uh, desire. And I, and I think that, you know, people want to feel like, okay, it's a catharsis, we're here, we did it, and then everybody get behind Senator Obama. I mean, I, that is the... It doesn't you know, work that way. That is what most people believe is the best way to go. No decisions have been made. And so we are, you know, trying to work all this through with the DNC and with the Obama campaign. Hillary, a follow-up to that. Is that, is that normal for it to be negotiated? Has that happened in the past? I'm not aware. It's happened a number of different ways. You know, obviously, uh, in some places, yeah, I think it's fair to say, if you look at recent history, I have moved more quickly and done more on behalf of uh, my opponents than uh, comparable uh, candidates have. And, you know, most of them didn't, didn't endorse until the convention. Uh, you know, Teddy Kennedy or Gary Hart or Jerry Brown, you know, just a lot of people held out until the convention kept their delegates, often waged platform or rules or credential fights. Um, and, you know, I've made it very clear that I'm supporting Senator Obama and we're working cooperatively on uh, a lot of different matters. Um, but I think that delegates can decide to do this on their own. Right. They don't need permission. They can decide under the rules of the DNC. Uh, and so I think it would be better if we had a plan uh, that actually we put in place and everybody knew what it was and then we executed it because I just think that would go more smoothly. Uh, and uh, so I hope that's what we come up with. Thank you, Senator. Some kind of a, yeah. some kind of a, a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Um, I know this is a difficult <laughs> question. <laughs> and also when you probably don't wish to answer, but... <laughs>
walking away saying, well, you know, I'm just not satisfied. I'm not happy. Right. I mean, that's what I'm trying to avoid. Going back to my 
original comment and question. I said this in April. I said this in March. I said this in April. I said this in May. She does not want Obama to win the uh, general election. Again, whatever it takes. I've said this a dozen times. Whatever it takes. She does not want Obama to win the general election, her or Bill, but her especially. And why do I continue to say that? Because she wants the opportunity to run again in four years, in 2012. That's all. It's, it's, it's all about Hillary. It's all about her. And in her mind, whatever it takes. Now, she doesn't want to be, again, I'm going to use the word overt again. She doesn't want to be overt, but at the same time, she is being very divisive. And that is the same comments, the same strategy that she used when talking about Florida and Michigan. You know, she couldn't, when it came to that meeting at the, um, uh, here in Washington at the, uh, what hotel was it? the Marriott Warden. Prior to that meeting, again, same type comment, you know, she can't stop her supporters from doing X, Y, or Z. And uh, again, this is the same thing she is saying in regards to the convention. Did she know she was being tanked? I mean, this is just like uh, the Obama fundraiser uh, where he was being taped. Um, uh, now I can't even remember the comments that he made uh, during that particular fundraiser. Oh, the one where he said that the uh, about the about uh, um, Middle America uh, gun toting and uh, a clinch into their guns. Um, I can't remember the exact quote, but you you know which one I'm talking about. Again, that was take that was take that a fundraiser on a uh, uh, um, mobile phone. Same thing with this one with Hillary. So again, did she know that she was being taken the comments she was making? Cause again, it's scary. I haven't seen the haven't seen mainstream media pick up this yet, um, and maybe they will, maybe they won't. And if they do, it well, I kind of hope they do. Because uh, it may diffuse or what may happen or could happen at the convention. If they don't, uh, it, and it comes back at the convention, it will they will probably take it as a total problem. The funny thing, you know, Obama makes a comment over that's taped on the on the cell phone. It, it's blasted over and over and over. Hillary makes a comment, and you, you barely see the light of day. Same with the same thing with McCain. This kind of goes back to my thing from last week. Uh, does the media love Obama? Uh, no, they don't love Obama. They're just fascinated and hope to just catch him, uh, make a slip of the tongue. But um, going back to Hillary and, and the question, do they want Obama to win? It's, uh, I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't, and in this particular case, I want to be wrong. Prove me wrong, Hillary. Please prove me wrong. Um, I, I'm, I'm, uh, it's just, 
to me it's just religious. And maybe and maybe she's being divisive for a couple of other different reasons. Uh, maybe she thinks this will force Obama fan to uh, select her as VP because as you they're watching the news in which I suspect this in the first place that uh, she would probably not be one of his selections, even though he said publicly that uh, she would she would be on anyone's short list. And I laugh because I doubt she's on his short list. But um, uh, and maybe she's upset number two because you know he promised to help her settle her campaign debt. And um, uh, that hasn't happened yet. And but again, you got to remember, Obama is running for president. Obama is trying to raise money for his own campaign, and because he opted out of public financing, he's on his own. He's got to raise money all the way through November until the actual uh, election. So. I mean, that that was asking for a whole lot. She wants credit. She wants this. She wants that. She wants a voice at the convention. What does she want her voice to say at the convention? I'm I'm clueless. I what what do you want to say, Hillary? I, I gosh, see, I'm speechless. <laughs> I don't have a voice right now. I can't even say. So, you know, it's it's very disturbing, and I, I, I just keep using the word disturbing, and if she does what she's indicating in that clip, that will be very divisive and cause much drama, like the drama from uh, 1968 uh, Chicago uh, Democratic Convention, and I would hope that that will not come to pass, and, and again, I want to be wrong in this particular case. You know, I make a lot of predictions on this show and uh, feel it out. I'm, you know, I'm not a um, political strategist. I'm just a news junkie who likes to watch and watch the play-by-play and just use common sense in knowing, you know, and, and filling out people. But, again, this time I want to be wrong. So prove me wrong, Hillary. Uh, but, again, it's yet to be seen. And I will be at the DNC convention the last week of August and we'll be carrying the show live from there uh, Wednesday, August the 27th, I think it is. Same time, same place. So, you know, I'll give you blow by blow. You check out my blog every day because I will be blogging and I will do a vlog, a video log um, at some point in time when I, I'm able to do one uh, while on location. But anyway, um, uh, thanks again for listening, Caroline. Feel free also to check out my website at www.caroline.com. I'll keep you posted on some things. Also, I have my, I just started a blog, uh, and the blog announced this particular show. So check out the blog and the blog, blog, blog. It's got it rhymes. And um, uh, what else is on there? Oh, man, just just go to the website. Uh, again, I, as always, uh, thank you guys for listening. Next week, um, the show is at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Wednesday, here on Caroline. If you want to listen to this show on demand, feel free to, again, on the website, check out caralive.com. Thanks again for listening to Caroline.